0: I am now the very satisfied user of a B-level positive airway pressure machine, BiPAP. I fought against this for years, preferring to use a mandibular advancement device, MAD, instead so I wouldn't be tethered to a machine. After only two nights of sleeping with the BiPAP, I have more energy and less brain fog. Heck, that happened after only one night. I wonder just how much of the low energy and high brain fog that I was attributing to chronic kidney disease was really from not enough oxygen and too much CO2 in my lungs. Whoops, here I am jumping in at the end again. Maybe a reminder of what a MAD is would be the logical place to start. This is what I wrote in the book of blogs, Moderate Stage Chronic Kidney Disease, Part 2. The MAD forces your airway open by advancing your lower jaw or mandibular. If your air passages are restricted, you're simply not getting enough air into the lungs. After well over two years, my sleep apnea started becoming worse instead of better, even when the MAD had been extended as far as it could go to keep that airway open laughing over here, it sounds like an instrument of torture. It isn't. You're probably wondering what this has to do with CKD. I used my baby, what is it and how did I get it? Early stage chronic kidney disease to find out. The first mention of the lungs was in an explanation of your nephrologist Raz. Then came the review of systems, Raz, the lungs were referred to with questions about coughs, shortness of breath and dyspnea. That does still leave us with the question of why the lungs were covered at all in this examination for CKD. According to http://www.ncbi.nlm.nih.gov/pubmed/20676805, slash slash one of the National Institutes of Health sites, sleep apnea can raise blood pressure, which in itself is one of the problems of CKD. It can also result in glomerular hyperfiltration. The chart below is from their site. Notice Eg for declines is one of the results. These three areas are the most important to us as CKD patients, which doesn't mean the other effects should be ignored. What was missing for me was why it was so important to get as much air into the lungs as possible. Live Science at http colon slash slash www.LiveScience.com slash 37009HumanBody.html was able to help me out here. The lungs are responsible for removing oxygen from the air we breathe and transferring it to our blood where it can be sent to our cells. The lungs also remove carbon dioxide, which we exhale. Why not a continuous positive airway pressure CPAP, machine then, you ask? WebMD at http://www.webmd.com/sleep slash 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 disorders/sleepapnea/slash continuous positive airway pressure CPAP for obstructive sleep apnea explains. A CPAP machine increases air pressure in your throat so that your airway doesn't collapse when you breathe in. Got it. And necessary when you have sleep apnea. So the next logical question is why was I prescribed a BiPAP instead? Notice in the explanation from Live Science above that the lungs also remove carbon dioxide. Yep, not enough was being removed as I slept. I like this explanation of the difference between the CPAP and the BiPAP from very well at https whats bipap 3015273 The key distinguishing feature of BiPAP is that the pressurized air is delivered at two alternating levels. The inspiratory positive airway pressure (IPAP) is higher and supports a breath as it is taken in. Conversely, the expiratory positive airway pressure (EPAP) is a lower pressure that allows you to breathe out. These pressures are preset based on a prescription provided by your sleep doctor and alternate just like your breathing pattern. It's when you breathe out that you rid yourself of carbon dioxide. But I wanted to know why too much of that in your system is not a good thing. I was delighted to find this scientific, yet understandable, albeit older, Posting by then-PhD candidate Shannon Devaney at http colon slash www.madshi.org post slash archive slash 2005 MADSI is a service provided by Washington University in St. Louis. Much of the body's excess carbon dioxide ends up in the blood. The net effect of increased carbon dioxide in the blood is lowered blood pH, that is, the blood becomes more acidic. The ability of hemoglobin to bind with oxygen decreases with decreasing pH in a phenomenon called the Bohr effect. Because of the Bohr effect, increasing CO2 concentrations indirectly reduce the oxygen carrying capacity of the blood. Carbon dioxide can also react with parts of the hemoglobin molecule to form carbamino compounds. The formation of these compounds directly reduces the ability of hemoglobin to bind with oxygen and therefore also reduces the oxygen carrying capacity of the blood. So, In these two ways, indirectly by reducing blood pH and directly by reacting with hemoglobin, carbon dioxide can reduce the ability of our blood to carry oxygen to tissues throughout the body where it is needed. It's a good thing, then, that the excess carbon dioxide in our blood diffuses into our lungs, where it leaves the body when we exhale. Except in my case, it wasn't. Hence the BiPAP to help me out. If the results of the last two nights continue, it seems I needed an awful lot of helping out. And I didn't know it. So far today, I've booked a combined 70th birthday cruise to Cuba for Bear and me, conferred many times by phone and text with my wonderful sister-in-law, Judy Peck, mentioned several times in Slow at Down CKD 2015, about cabins, insurance, land excursions, packages, etc., then gotten back to our travel agent with our decisions, spoken with three different doctors and two labs, communicated with three of my daughters, contacted our donation center for pickup and scheduled several maintenance jobs for my house, and I'm not tired. I haven't yawned once. I could learn to like living like this. By the way, between Medicare and my secondary insurance, this is not costing me a thing. Oh goody, more money for our birthday present to ourselves. Until next week. Keep living your life.